You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Why I'll Never Make It podcast presents the Spotlight Series, an in-depth look at those making a difference in the arts and beyond. Welcome to the very first Spotlight episode of the season, and it's a very special one. November is National Military Families Month, and in honor of that, I have Janine DeVita joining me today to talk about her work with the USO show troupe in New York City. Now, when most people think of the USO, the first thing that comes to mind, understandably, is the legendary entertainer Bob Hope. But the USO is certainly much more than any one celebrity. Its mission is to strengthen America's military service members by keeping them connected to family, home, and country throughout their service to the nation. And for over 77 years, the USO has done just that. And the show troops play a vital role in that mission by entertaining service members and conveying the support of the nation through their uplifting shows. As an actor herself, Janine knows firsthand what it takes to reach an audience. She'll also be joining me next week to talk about work-life balance and how she maintains her voice and acting chops. And in fact, she and I did Bridges of Madison County together this past summer. But during that run, she continued to do work for the USO both as an administrator and as a producer. And she sat down with me recently in the USO offices in New York City to discuss the importance of this organization and what it means to her, as well as the military service members and their families. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Yes, I've been I, wanting to do this. I, yeah, I mean, because we have shared a stage and now we're about to share a podcast. It feels just uh, right at home, very natural. <laughs> right, right. It's like no time passed. So... What brought you into the USO organization? Uh, so when I was on tour with If Then, I was in a place where I was just feeling very creative, very just, I don't know, open to whatever. It's the theme of the show. And I really was trying to live it of just, you know, being open to new experiences. And so I was at the stage door in Seattle and there was a group of military personnel and service members there They at the stage door after the show. And there was one woman in particular who told me that she was a prevention education specialist for the military and um, would love to take me to coffee and to talk about um, voice lessons and for herself and for her child. And then also about the possibility of um, learning about theater for the military. I was like, okay, totally random. Cool. Let's go. So we ended up talking at coffee and, uh, talking about theater and, 
you know, cause she went to my website and saw that I teach as well, which I do. And so she was really interested in picking my brain about teaching and theater and all that kind of stuff. And turns out that she had been working on a curriculum to bring theater into the military to help assist in teaching, uh, in doing prevention education, specifically suicide prevention and sexual assault prevention, Mm, uh, incorporating uh, theater into this already existing curriculum. And she was like, what do you think about like maybe collaborating and talking about this and, you know, maybe we could do it together. And, and I was like, absolutely, totally. Why not? Yeah. And so we ended up, um, we put together this curriculum called theatrical prevention education, uh, which basically, uh, involves, um, improvisation, uh, script writing, uh, all that kind of stuff that, um, service members don't really get on a daily basis. (laughs) And so this is something to engage and interact with them? Yes. Okay. So we, what ended up happening, um, was I would, I got hired to go to Joint Base Lewis-McCord outside of Tacoma, Washington, in Tacoma, Washington to, um, put on, uh, a, a workshop there and we ended up having 1200 soldiers come. Um, and I, what I did was I interviewed the prevention specialists there and the, the, um, the victim advocates for sexual assault and talking to them about different things they had experienced. And I ended up writing a script about a 20 long, 20 minute long script that incorporated some songs and whatever. And I sang in it. So they got to be, so they were on stage with me acting with them. And we, we had uh, 10 volunteer service members act as our actors and Mm -hmm. we had a proper rehearsal and everything. So they really got to experience what it was like to rehearse and talk about a character and live a character's journey, basically put themselves in somebody else's shoes, yeah, um, yeah. which is essentially what acting is. It's very empathetic. And so we had them actually ex- go through what it would feel like to be embarrassed, it, what it would feel like to feel scared to ask for consent. They also, we also had them be in the, in the shoes of the perpetrator of maybe, um, not no, not reading the reading the signs in an incorrect way, or maybe going out that night not with the intention to act in an inappropriate way, but something happened, and then so we really tried to have them step in other people's shoes. Was this difficult for these non-actors to fill into these? It was, but they ended up grasping onto it in amazing ways, amazing ways. So then we presented that twenty-minute show uh, uh, to twelve hundred soldiers. Hmm. And there was a, there was a talk back at the end and there was improvisation for how things could have gone differently. Um, uh, we talked about, you know, the diffusion of responsibility, which happens when you're in a group. It's when people, nobody wants to stand up and say it was me because everybody thinks the other person is going to say that. So we talked about all these things and they could actually witness it happening in on stage versus just talking about it, you know, so we could actually identify when things certain things happened. Um, we also had a talk back where it was more of like, it was kind of like a forum where we just talked about where things could have been misconstrued and how she could have acted differently, how he could have acted differently, all this kind of stuff. And, um, it ended up being super, super successful. And, uh, the feedback was incredible. And I ended up getting hired by the DOD to go to several different military bases and do these workshops because oh, wow. these, these sexual assault prevention workshops, they're required. The DOD requires them, but a lot of times they're PowerPoints. They're never interactive. And so we were bringing something that's super interactive 
um, and really engaging. And so our, our feedback and our surveys were just really great. And so I started getting all this experience working with service members. So was this still like a, f- a freelance thing? Like you Absolute, would just be con- contacted yep. per event or this Absolutely or that? Absolutely freelanced. Um, I would go on a day off and do a workshop. You know, I'd be in between cities and I'd have a couple of days and I would go and I, right. I, I took, I think a couple personal days and did one. Um, and if then let me off to go do them. Uh, but yeah, it was very freelance. It was just whenever they were holding one and, and then I did it even after I got off tour and, mm-hmm. um, would travel around the country doing these workshops, these military bases. Wow. And, and was it with that same woman that kind of brought you into it? Yeah, but I started, I would go by myself though. Okay. And it would just be me going. And so I would give a full presentation prior to the, um, the workshop, the, the presentation itself. So it'd be a two day workshop. So the first day is rehearsal. Yeah. It's rehearsing. And then the second day is the, the presentation, the performance, and then the talk back. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did for, I did it for about a year and a half. And so I got all this experience going on base, you know, learning all the lingo, everything. And, um, anyway, so when this position opened up for the director for the USO show troop, I was recruited to come interview for it because I was a performer. But not only that, I had experience with the military. Yeah. And your time on the base, how was that? You know, coming from the actor world, what was it like being on a military I base? Lo- it's so cool. It's so cool. And it's so humbling. It's just like, man, these people are just badass. Mm-hmm. They're badass. And they're like, it's it's just incredible. Like, there really just aren't enough words. And I have been so moved being a part of this organization, you know, people who just, they put their lives on the line to fight for something that they really believe in and to keep us safe and their families endure all of this hardship and loss and distance in the name of freedom for our country. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really just, it's very honorable and, you know, we wouldn't have the lives that we have if it weren't for these people doing what they do. And, um, it's not a political issue. I can't stress that enough. It's not. It's just It's just a human issue. And so I've been very, very moved by being a part of this organization. And um, when I was doing Empowered Voices, it was it, – I just – I'll never forget going to um, Joint Base Lewis McCord for the first time. And they had me sign their guest book where, like, the Secretary of State had signed the line above me. <laughs> and I'm like, you're having me sign this? But they thought it was so cool that a Broadway actress was coming to their base. And I'm like, what the heck have I done? To, you know, it, it like, really puts it in perspective. I was doesn't just, it? I was, you know, it's, it's just incredible. And, um, and just the magnitude of everything and, it just, it, it, I think it just put everything in perspective for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe that's why I've become so chill in the past few years, because it's just put everything in perspective for me of like, there are so many other people out there going through all this crazy, crazy stuff that like my little problems, they just, they just don't matter that much. Yeah. You know, my, yeah, my little five minute audition that I bombed really isn't that big a deal yeah, when I mean, you think I mean, about it's it. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal, but like but, feel it and then move on. Right, you know, like your right. feelings are valid. I'm not trying to invalidate your feelings. Oh, no, no. It sucks to have that crappy audition, but at the same time, it's like, 
but there's going to be another one. There's going to be and, another and, and one. And I'm going to do better. And, and it's, yeah, it doesn't mean my career is over. No, you know, all these things. No. And yeah. it's just, it's really, um, it's really cool. And I really love what the USO stands, what the USO stands for in keeping, keeping a little sense of home for, for the service members while they're mm-hmm. away and keeping their family members connected and taking care of them and helping them also helping also our servicemen and women transition when they get out of the military, which I think is honestly one of the biggest problems in this country. Right. Right. Because yeah. they, they, whether it's, it's a year, 10 years, however long they've been in the service, then they get out mm-hmm. and it's like that, that structure that they've been used to is mm-hmm. no longer well, there. The, the structure and the sense of worth, the mm-hmm. sense of purpose is gone. And they, when they've been away, they're handling millions of dollars worth of machinery and they get back here and they can't find a job suitable for their skills. It's, <laughs> it's like they end up going and doing something well below their pay grade, you know, and, and what they should, and there are a lot of organizations out there now that are starting to see that their skills are very transferable to yeah. other, to other industries. So um, you know, I think that that's a great direction that we're moving in. And I love because for me, beyond even, even the skills, yes, they're dealing with like military equipment and obviously in the civilian world, you're not going to deal with that very much, but the skill of the discipline and the rigor mm-hmm. and the structure mm-hmm. and, and the, the mindset and the way that they're able to learn and hone those skills, mm-hmm. handling that kind of those kinds of materials on such a crazy scale. Like, I, I mean, it, it, to me, it's like, okay, well, if you can teach them to do that, you can yeah. teach them to do really anything because right, that's right. like amazing. Right. So, um, and I think that, I think it's really important for pe- people to feel a sense of purpose. And I think that that's the biggest problem. I think when people come back, it's like this thing that they've identified themselves as and identified themselves with is no longer. And then what do you do when you get back? And I think that we really need to celebrate them when they come back so that we can really get them involved and get them feeling a sense of purpose again. And how does USO help with that transition back to civilian life? Well, we team up with a lot of different organizations that help them uh, transition back. And the USO is there for them when they come back, hooking them up with these different companies and things like that, that do transitional programs. Mm. So that's something that's good. And then also we help with them reuniting with families and transitioning families. Like, and it's, the programs that we offer are really, like, just really cool. Which, which is so interesting because, like, USO in, in its heyday, it's it's Bob Hope. It's all these, like, you know, performing entertainer, you know, kind totally. of spectacles. And it's it's so interesting to find out all the many different facets that mm-hmm. USO really covers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just about those performances and the big celebrities. No. It, I mean, so, I mean, we do do that because entertainment is completely valuable. And I think there is an element of escapism that's really, oh, really absolutely. important under stressful situations. Right. They're, they're doing life and death stuff. So they need some things that aren't so heavy. serious yes, and heavy. Exactly. Yes. And that's, I think, where the USO show troop comes in. We're basically the military's cheerleaders. You know, mm-hmm. we're there to lift their spirits. And the, um, but the programmatically, what else, what the other things that we do though, we do a thing called operation. That's my dress where we donate 300 to, oh my God, 1500 dresses to girls going to prom who are, uh, military kids. So they have prom dresses and, oh we, do like, and we do like a day of beauty where we do like makeovers for them. Mm-hmm. We also do things called a thing called operation. That's my ride where, um, you can, organizations will come together and companies will come together and build bikes 
to give to little kids who need bikes. They're kids of military families. Yeah. I mean, the programs that we do, they're really, really special. And I think that they're just so good for building morale in this country and keeping the community connected to the military community. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, and from what I have heard, there's, they, they, they kind of feel like they're their own little community. And what would be, and what the USO is trying to do is get us all to be really connected because there can be a disconnect because they're the only people who really get it. The military personnel themselves tend to get a lot of the spotlight, but we forget about the wife, the children, the, the mothers, the fathers Absolutely. that are back home. And- that are still there. And, and, I, and they gravitate towards each other, obviously, because they're, they're experiencing a shared, a shared lifestyle mm-hmm. and a shared, you know, it's just a shared experience. So obviously you're going to gravitate towards people who understand what we're trying to do is get the rest of society to really understand mm. and to, to be there for them in the, in the way that we need to be. Yeah. And your function is kind of, Director, music director, stage manager of, of the show troupe, I mean, and yeah. as well as like travel agent and, and everything. Oh, you're, you're kind of a. I a, do everything. You're, you're, you really are kind of a one person band. There's there's a lot. There are several different elements to my job in particular. One is the operational aspect of it, where I I maintain you know a troupe of. Right now we have thirty performers. You know, I maintain their costumes. I make sure that their costumes get dry cleaned. I make sure that, you know, their, their paperwork is submitted so that they can get paid. I make sure that I have their passports and I have their driver's licenses and things that need to be submitted. So that's operational administrative aspects. Um, and then on an event, on the event side, you know, I plan multiple events a week for them. A recent one that you did was at Gretna mm-hmm. and, and, and just kind of talk about <laughs> kind of all the different jobs that you had to do. So for Gretna, it's just hilarious because I, I'm an actress and yet I, I know what a sound technician does and a sound designer does. And I know what a lighting designer does. And I, I know what a stage manager does, but I've never done those jobs right. before. Right. We've seen them do I've that. I've seen but them I, do I, it. I've never had to lay down a plot and be like, I want this light to go here and there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, so we had a five show weekend at the Gretna theater in, in Mount Gretna, Pennsylvania. And, um, it went amazingly well, but, you knew I was doing bridges at the same time. So I was trying to prep this show. And I, you know, I also had to turn in all the uh, program, all the song list, the, the composers, the lyricists, the lyrics for the sing-along portion, the bios, the headshots, all that. There's that side of it. But yeah, I was putting together ideas for the lighting plot and I had to make a mic plot and, um, create the playlist and hire the music director in and run the rehearsals and do the transitions. It was a 90 minute show. And, uh, I went out there for the, the weekend of shows and worked with the lighting designer to design the lighting plot, worked with the sound designer, but I have to say, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like a, a, a lot of work. It was a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I love to work though. Right, right. That's the right. thing. I love to work. So, like, if you give me a job and it's fulfilling and challenging, I'm there. Yeah. And that's what this was. Did this almost feed into that kind of introversion you were talking about before, where you don't like the spotlight on you, but you still love to do the work? 
yeah, feed into it, that it, a little it bit? It did kind of feed into that because I was able to, like, I love watching my performers shine. I mm. love bringing out the best in them. I love giving them direction. I love, like, fine-tuning performances to get it to a point where the storytelling is really, really great. So I loved that. I also loved the storytelling with the lights, and I loved the storytelling with the sound. Like, I loved that. So, yeah, I really loved directing, which was kind of funny. I was like, oh, is this like a new thing for me? But I, and I really, really loved it. Um, yeah. uh, and it, the show was really good. We, you know, they, they really, really liked it. Um, the community, you know, five standing ovations every yeah. night. Yeah. Like it was amazing. So. Yeah, and I and I also coordinated a videographer to come in and video the Saturday night performance, and we're in the process right now of getting a sizzle reel for it and stuff. So right, right because a lot of of what you do is also promoting the show troops so that you can go to these different exactly, venues. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. it's administrative, operational, and just maintaining the show troop. It's also coordinating because I'm planning these events all the time. Right. Um, it's also artistic because I'm implementing new material, I've decided what songs to do, and right. hired the music director and. It's producing, directing, a little bit of uh, technical design now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Why not? And your, your resume got a lot bigger just did, from that just one show. It just in the past four months. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then it's also promotion. So I'm also mm -hmm. in the back of my mind, you know, thinking about how we can get marketing collateral so that I can, you know, really promote this show troupe and yeah. promote what we stand for and, um, and, uh, you know, and really promote the fact that anytime you hire the USO show troupe, you're actually giving back to the USO into our programmatic activity. Yeah. So, cause it's, we're a not for profit and you're not necessarily giving money to the show troupe. It, right, right, you're the, giving the, money into the program. Yeah. The show troupe is almost just a fundraising tool. That, exactly. that can go out for mm -hmm. the USO. Now, mm -hmm. now I would imagine though that the show troupe itself, you know, full of performers and singers, you, you, mm -hmm. you yourself come from that background, but you're, you're obviously dealing with a lot of people who don't come from that background. Is, is there ever any, you know, any tension as far as like, well, why do you need this or why do you do that mm -hmm. from the, from the organization itself? They're very, very supportive of the show troupe and I think they recognize how vital it is for um for our service members i mean they get so excited when we come yeah. like so excited i mean i did come in and you know i was able to look at you know what we had and how things were being done and whatever and it's just been a, it's just been operating for so long in the same way that i just i'm coming in with some fresh ideas and so uh i'm putting those ideas forward and you know they're received in, you know, generally very uh, open ways. Uh, so, you know, it's been good about implementing the new material. Everybody was so excited about that. Um, we have uh, 16 brand new songs because our, I mean, our mission is to perform for 18 to 26 year old service members. Like that mm -hmm. is our mission. Yeah. And um, not specifically 18 to 26, but that's just really what who they are right now, mm -hmm. our active duty. So, um, for active duty. And so they want to hear what's on the radio right now. So when I suggested that we, that we add new material, everybody was super excited and rock the fleet at uh hard rock cafe went over so, so well. Um, so they're, they're definitely receptive to change. I just have to make the case, right? you know, and, um, that's been the biggest challenge for me because I've been working in an industry where it's just understood for why I need certain things. Yeah. 
where I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, because it is a nonprofit, so it's, it all comes down to money well, and budgeting. And- well, it's a not it's a nonprofit, yes. So it's all about the budget. It's all about is this fulfilling the mission? Because mm-hmm. it is a mission driven business, and so we always have to go back to the basics of is this mission driven? And so, you know, that sometimes can be in conflict because I'm trying to grow the show troupe and and make it you know, more streamlined and all of that. And so I constantly have to ask myself, you know, is this mission driven? Is this suit the core mission? Does this suit the core mission? What is the reason that I'm doing this? Um, And if I'm able to justify it with a mission driven purpose, then I feel good about pushing it. Yeah. I never push anything that is not mission driven. For right. the good of the organization. Yeah. And that's something that I actually really love about working at a not-for-profit because it always makes you question your motives. Hmm. You're always questioning your motives. Yeah. It's not just about having better costumes so that no. they look better no. or, the, or better mics so they sound better. No. It's, it's literally about improving the experience for our servicemen and women. Right, right. It, it's, it really makes you focus on your audience, it, which it is the, the military personnel. Yeah, and that's and that's something that I actually really love about working in a not-for-profit. It's different, I think. I mean, I can't say what it's like to work at a different company or whatever, but that's what I like about working here is that the mission is super, super clear and super, super strong. Yeah. And um, I feel really good about doing what I do because the mission is so awesome. I mean, I have family who served in the military, two uncles who served in Vietnam. Mm. And I, I, I just feel like it's, it's very important to me for our service members to feel appreciated and seen. It's very important to me. Yeah. I love that. And the USO certainly, certainly does that. So uh, it's not just the show troupe and the singing and dancing. No, no, no. I mean, so we, I mean, we have, we have a, uh, Centers all over the country, all over the world that provide a respite for our service members. You know, they're welcome there anytime. Yeah, yeah. you just had some of the show troop go to Japan. Yeah, so this summer I sent them to Japan, uh, to Korea, to Alkenbury, which is an Air Force base in England, and, and uh, uh, Wiesbaden in Germany. They went to Guam. Wow. You know, yeah. Guam. <laughs> As you do. Subtle. Um, <laughs> they, they, uh, they went to Alaska. They just got back from LA fleet week. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they go all over, all, all over. And it's really, really incredible because we're able to like show people that the USO is there for them, mm. you know? And, and also my performers are just awesome humans. It requires a certain kind of performer because these gigs aren't, some of them are not fancy. You know, you're performing in a field, Yeah. you know, you're, you're, or you're performing in a hangar or whatever. I mean, they're not fancy, but they're cool. Yeah. Like that's the difference. It's like, no, they're not, they're not like hoity-toity things. They're real. And, And I think that it's the best use for your gifts, honestly, to like really perform with a purpose. And I told them when I first joined, we had a meeting, I had a meeting with all of them. And I told them that, you know, a lot of times in my career, I wondered why I'm doing this. Like, what's my, why, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I said, you guys are so lucky because you have, every time you go out there, you have a why. Yeah. Like you have a why. Right. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, you don't even have to think about it. You don't even have there. to, you don't even have to think about it. Your why is right in front of you. Yep. And I think that is the most beautiful thing. So I, I just, I think that they're all just awesome humans. They're really, really great. 
So I'm really proud of them. (laughs) I'm like a mama bear with them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're an awesome human being as well for for the work you do. So thank you for sharing that work on the podcast. A big thank you to Janine and to you, of course, for joining me today on this episode. As I mentioned before, Janine will be joining me next week to talk about her own work on Broadway and regionally. And we might get into a little bit of what she and I did in Bridges of Madison County. As you know, at the end of this month is Thanksgiving, and I'm going to be doing a special episode focusing on the things that we're all thankful for. And that's where you get to be a part of the podcast. Send me the things that you're thankful for, wonderful things that have either happened to you this year or things that you're looking forward to coming up, things that propel you and keep you going in this industry. Go to contact.winmepodcast.com and send me a text or a voice message. I'd love to share your stories of thankfulness with all of us in the WinMe community. Until then, I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones, and I'll see you next time on Why I'll Never Make It. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.